part of the business. Don't love in this game relentless. I'm ready to pay my dues. How the fuck can a nigga lose? Catching shit from mother crew. Wishing that they could have been in my shoes. My nigga DJ Chris said, don't get down with this shit. But it's too late, cause I'm about to re up. Gonna make my pocket stick. And now we're both for the police. And shit don't never cease. Cause nigga will trigger some bodies and rebels and hollering. Mr. Junebug. What's from, going on? From Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> yes, sir. Capital punishment click, Mr. Junebug. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah fine. Um, yeah. First, tell me how it was to, to grow up in Nashville, Tennessee, as a young as a young MC or young, uh, young man. <laughs> well, coming up around here in Nashville, man, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was a little hectic. You know, we had a uh, beginning of, you know, the break dancing and beatboxing and all that stuff was going on back in the day. So, you know, we had the first touch of culture, hip hop, what we call, and then uh, ranch, rap branched off from hip hop. And, and then that's when uh, a lot of beatboxing started taking place. And I started break dancing and uh, beatboxing and doing all that around in the neighborhood. And, um, you know, we used to have battles, uh, break dancing battles and, you know, just different sides of town. You know, you had the different marching groups, marching bands, and you know, just stuff like that back in the day coming up in Nashville. Yeah. What what way? What year it was? Uh, at this time, it was '85 or '86 or? Yeah, it was yeah. around '84. Yeah. '85. '83, '84, '85, '86, around in those years. Well, not really '86, '84, and '85. Okay. Up in there, yeah. Yeah. So in Nashville, there was a a huge. Uh, Hip hop um, movement. So at this time, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a huge hip hop movement mm-hmm. uh, in Nashville. It was a it was a more togetherness back then when it first had originated uh, coming up in Nashville. But then things spawned off and changed a little bit. 
you know, when people start getting a taste of a little bit of money and seeing things that they've never seen before and putting their hands on things that they've never touched. And it just made it a little more, a little more elegant for them to try to get over on people. And they thought, you know, that that was the thing to do and think that, you know, it'd be best for me to try to get over on somebody. So then that's when the game started taking the turn for the worse here in Nashville. And uh, who was uh, the first Nashville acts, uh, rap groups do you heard about in Nashville hip hop story? Man, you got, back in the day, man, you had uh, the Blow Pop Crew. Okay. Um, you had uh, New Style Posse. Mm -hmm. You had Walter D. Mm -hmm. You had Cats Like That. Um, you had uh, um, MC Desire. You just had, um, Uh, you had French Toast. Okay. You had, uh, who else? You had, uh, one of the first real rappers, though, you know what I'm saying? Come on, like, from my side, man, was L.A. Mike. Mm -hmm. Oh, Mike. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know about See, them cats and Papa J. Uh, them cats, they, they ground roots. See, them cats older than me, man. Them cats was, them cats <clears> had it hard, man. And, you know, I pay respect to them dudes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they had it real hard, man. They had it mm -hmm. right when it was in the middle and, You know, they had reached their peak, and you know, that's when things had changed. Yeah. It, it was at the time, it was in the, also at the same time, 86, all, all that, yes? Yes, yeah. it was. It was around that same time, and, and mm. around that same era. Yeah, and then you had, mm -hmm. um, you had, uh, you had different groups coming out back then, mm. you know. You had, um, um, Yeah, Pistol, he was dropping stuff on the west side over there. Mm -hmm. He was still doing stuff. And uh, then you had, uh, who was that on the north side? Where um, um, everybody had everything going on, going down to New Life Records. Mm -hmm. New Life Records was the was the home, was the mecca for us in the underground. Because, you know, they were one of the ones who really had the ground root for us to be able to come and do music. Mm -hmm. And Lee, he made, a, he made it. He made it accessible for us through the distributors for us to learn a little bit about the game and trying to get our music out there. And um, Lee was really, Lee laying down in new life, man. He's really the, you know, they want to say pioneer this, pioneer that. Man, really, it's Lee Lane, man. It's the white guy down there at uh, at New Life Records, man. That that was our opening, you know. And and with, with C. Wiz being down there with him, That really helped us a lot, you know, open some doors, man. And you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get into into name calling and stuff like that. But I mean, it is what it is, and I was there and I seen it. So okay, and uh, I think about this time, at this at this earlier time in the into down south hip hop, they were more into East Coast East Coast music. I, I think about New Orleans, like New York NC. Uh, right. they, yeah, or, or in Jackson, Mississippi, they they have also early, uh, 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 East Coast influence, and uh, it's more in in '92, '93, '94. You you have a real down south culture uh, coming in music. I think I, I, to, I talk about gangbo funk. I talk about gangbo funk more than East Coast. You know. Right. Yeah. yeah, and see, that's what, and, and, and that's what, I mean, and it's, it's strange that they, that the capital punishment is being categorized in the G-Funk, you know, I mean, I like <laughs> it, though, you know what I'm saying, and I, I, and, and, I mean, it's cool mm -hmm. that, you know what I'm saying, that, we, uh, that we're in a specific category, I never really knew that, but, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, but, uh, 
it's, it's cool that we are. And that's when that pretty much was originated, man. It came from me making melodic tracks. We were making melodic tracks, putting them over gangster stuff, and then taking and making melodic sounds going over the top of it, on top of it, and making melodic raps. That's all we did. And then it just turned it into something that, you know, that you all made, uh, what is it, galactic bump? Funk and G-Funk in your case, I think, uh, in the sound. Yeah. Yeah, it's more, right. more bass, more instrumental, more more live, more live music in dance house. Than more, right. more than G-Funk right. is different for me. Mm-hmm. Because he was a white guy. Mm-hmm. 
and they put a beat on for him that I didn't think that they would ever put on. They put on Chub Rock. Mm-hmm. Treat me right. Mm-hmm. You remember 1990 Chub Rock back on the scene with the green with a, you know what I'm saying? You remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that beat? Treat me right. So they put that beat on for Supreme. Mm. Man, the first two bars, Supreme ripped that whole goddamn thing for five minutes and dropped the mic and we walked out the club and we've been making, we was making music ever since. And that's when we started the first Capital Punishment. We did Return from the Dead. After we dropped Return from the Dead, I dropped It Ain't No Mystery. Yeah. After we dropped It Ain't, yeah, yeah, yeah. After we it Ain't No Mystery, we dropped uh, uh, with Black Cat Entertainment, a friend of mine, we dropped Ghetto yeah. Stories. After we dropped Ghetto Stories, I dropped um, Ghetto, I mean, uh, after Ghetto Stories, I dropped Shadow of Death. Shadow of Death is one of the albums that I put a lot of my money into myself. And after we dropped Shadow of Death, we dropped different levels of the game. Yeah. Different levels of the game was the last album that the Capital Punishment clicked that Brian, I mean, that, excuse me, Supreme and DJ Tricks had together. Yeah. But I got a greatest hit album that I never released that I got cut from from back then. You know what I'm saying? I never, we just never released it because we, because of the different levels of the game situation. But then, after that, then that's when you came, Mr. Junebug. Yeah, did you put out tapes before your your first album, Ritual of the Dead? So, no, no. We never. That was the first thing we put out. We was just 16, mm. 17 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were seventeen years old. We put out Return from yeah. the Dead. We recorded that on the eight track inside of my bedroom. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people don't know. Uh, they know a lot of ghetto stories. But they don't know about Return of the Dead. A lot of people don't know about this album. Uh, it was your first album. T- tell us about it, uh, about your, what was your mind to, to do it, and uh, you, you produced on it as a DJ trick. So, so, so yeah. tell us about this album. Okay. Well, Return from the Dead. See, I can talk on all these makers like that. I'm the ink writer behind all it, it reminded me of earlier. It reminded me of earlier Brother Inch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So check it out. So, uh, Return from the Dead, we recorded that album in 1991. I graduated in 1992 from high school. Mm. We recorded that album in 1991. Okay. We was messing with it now. We was over at a cat studio. We went to a record store. I used to go around the underground record store, mom and pop stores, and just get information. So we went to a store in East Nashville called Petty Jam's Records. Y'all to roll. It was called Petty Jam Records. When we went to Tennis Jam Records, uh, I was talking to him and he had a studio in the back of the record store and he needed somebody to run it. And he also needed an employee to work in there. He asked me if I could work in there, you know what I'm saying? I was going to do it. I was like, yeah, that's cool. But I was like, no, nah, I'd rather run that studio back there. So we let him, I ran it back there and ran the studio. And um, and I let my partner, DJ Left. DJ Les is from Nashville, too. He the one that had the 95.1s. I'm the one who got him the job over there at Teddy Jam Records being the DJ so he could put out some uh, mixtapes, you heard me? Mm-hmm. So, then, we return from the dead's birth came from Teddy Jam's Records. We had started a group over there called the Underground Syndicate. Okay. It's called Underground Syndicate. It had, Mr. J- it had DJ Trick, mm-hmm. Supreme, Lil J, um... Uh, uh, Tom Tom, Nutcase, uh, number one, um, what's that boy's name? T, it was a guy named T, uh, Terrence, 
uh, uh, him, and then it was a girl that I added named Nicole. They were part of what we call the Underground Syndicate, and that was going to be the first tape to come out on Underground Syndicate, but I could never get them all to come to the studio in time. <laughs> so then we recorded Return from the Dead. Mm. And Return from the Dead came from came from me, uh, me and Supreme. It was all our projects. It was, it was him and I's project. But I need to clear up about what Capital Punishment was. Capital Punishment was not a group of, Brian, of Supreme and DJ Trick. Capital Punishment, DJ Trick and Supreme, we were both producers. We made beats. We were DJs. So Capital Punishment Click comes from two DJs, two producers, putting artists out on our production. We just put our face on the cover. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We weren't really a group. We were just really two DJs, two producers that make beats it, and put it out. It's reminds. Yeah. It reminds uh, the reunion of DJ Paul and Juicy J. <laughs> Right. Where, where they were, they were uh, DJ uh, themselves. They don't know each other at first. <laughs> Like I said, Gambo Funk, you got tracks like Gangster Funk or 
It's remind me of Seward Boys of the album Gangsta Funk, and also Funky Flotation. So all songs, all songs were done by you. Uh, uh, so so tell, tell us about the, this, the production of this album and and the the, the Gangsta Funk orientation of of it. Man, it's like it. Mm-hmm. We took we 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 took a we um we made sure that we took time into the songs and the stuff that we were doing. And the production, a lot of that stuff came from just images of dreams, man, that we had and, and imaginations. And you know how you're, a lot of kids go through a lot of depression. You know, we were going through a lot of depression stages and, you know what I'm saying, dealing with the parent situation. You know, you deal with all that stuff as, a, as an adolescent, just dealing with adolescent stuff. And, and those was just things that was on our mind, man. You know, we was, like I said, we were football players, so you know we was already pretty much barbaric. Mm-hmm. So those was just a lot of things that was on our mind at that time, at that particular time, you know. And it, it, didn't, it didn't make us like, you know, it's not that's not what we are. But you know what I'm saying, in the, in the same essence, you know, that's just what we were feeling at the time in each in each one of that. You know, just like when it goes into a track, man, I, I, I sit up there and I, I start from one sound and I just go on. I just, I just make it the way to make it the way it's going to be. And then I create it. I just create it. I compose it to what I think it's, what I think it's going to be, you know what I'm saying, to make it where it needs to go. Yeah. And uh, at this time, did you have, uh, did you have some... Local support from the radio down here. Uh, I know a lot of uh, of the of the radio, local radio uh, at this time. Uh, at this time of the south doesn't wasn't hype as now. Uh, the radios don't don't play don't play down south music or don't play local rappers. So what was the situation for you at this time? Believe it or not, I mean it. It wasn't the fact that we didn't have support from local radio. We had more. We had. I don't. I don't. I don't like to talk. I don't like to bring negative talk into situations in interviews. But you know, um, it was just things and situations around that didn't transpire to make us be on the level that we needed to be. Man, I mean, you know, you just you just had. You know, you always got like what like they call sidebar hate. You know what I'm saying? You 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 got your you got you got your cats. They like the baby dick around. You know you got little shit. You know just little stuff, man. And the radio they would have supported us. They would have supported us if the people would have supported us. though. see everybody keeps getting this misconstrued and keeps trying to throw it at radio and this that and the third. But it's not the radio, man. It's the DJs. It's the DJs before the radio because think about it. If you mm. bumping in the club, the radio gonna wanna find out what it is. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the fact, man, people just go about the game backwards, man. Mm-hmm. And the way that they try to do it, that a DJ trying to be bigger than the rapper. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is what it is. The radio, they didn't support us. They didn't let us just come in there and play music or do anything like that, man. I mean, it was hard coming in cash, man. Just mm-hmm. Nashville's just been hard. It's mm-hmm. not an urban market, you know what I'm saying? It was just hard for us, man. That's all it was, you know. Yeah. We have to to remind that that at this time the down south was not hype, so so it was very difficult. So, so the media and, and the magazines don't even put out the, the the down south music at this time. And uh, the only murder magazine, in fact, uh, was was put on the map. 
local acts like, like the Dashville or Memphis or, or, or upper acts of, of BNOC, Greenway or Pistol, Cold Daddy Fresh and you and uh, a lot of magazines don't, don't, <coughs> don't put on the map uh, you know uh, <coughs> the, the local scene as Nashville so they, they shall rise by Memphis to uh, at this time maybe <coughs> well it's like this man mm-hmm. You still got too many fish in this pond down here. You got too many fish in this pond that's trying to be the big fish. <laughs> that we shallow behind nobody. Mm. It's none of that. Mm. All it is is the business. Nobody wants to trust nobody to do the business. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to try to be their own CEO. Well, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. You can't. Everybody wants to be their own CEO. Birdman said the best in the interview he just had. We don't even have nobody trying to put trying to put rappers out in there. All the fucking CEOs trying to be rappers too. So they ain't gonna try to make no rapper. They gonna try to blow themselves up so they can continue getting money versus trying to get rappers out. Too many fish down here in this pond, man, still trying to be a big fish. And that's always been the problem here. Everybody wants to be the big fish. Well, when you had your opportunity to be the big fish, you couldn't carry the torch. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now you're trying to still be the big fish. You want to be the big fish, but the torch light is out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. Now you want to belittle and badger everybody, and now you're just like a cancer. It, 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 it's just like a cancer. Now when shit ain't going your way, it's all just a cancer. You know, it just goes through, it runs away until it just takes you out. Mm-hmm. And once it takes you out, you can't even breathe no more. And now it's hard for people to breathe. Everybody just suffocating in Nashville, man, with this music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nobody... I mean, the only one that's not something, man, I, I can't say. I don't, I don't, can't speak on Buck's situation, but Starlito. Starlito's doing well, and he don't even live here. He don't even live in Nashville. He's a millionaire out of, out of the rap game, but don't even live in Nashville. Nobody wouldn't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, but it, 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 it's a lot of people here that need to understand the essence of the business instead of still up there trying to keep talking about people and sitting up and wondering about what the next person's doing and how this person's doing that and how that person's doing this. Whatever you do well, why don't you come together with that person and with the next person, if you see they doing this well, then something will grow here. But other than that, before that, man, you got people here that ain't gonna let it grow. They ain't gonna let it grow because they ain't gonna let it go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got too many egos, too many clicks, too many shot callers, wanna be ballers and all that bullshit. I don't got time for it. But I think they more they had more unity in Nashville than than in Memphis. <laughs> Memphis was quite a bucket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, but um, you know, squeaky nah, Paul nah, and that. <laughs> nah, man, they had more unity in Memphis. We oh, yeah? got no unity here. Oh yeah. We haven't had unity here. You can't even. You, check this out. You can't if if if, if you put on uh, if you put on the triple six mafia song. What's the first thing you gonna say to your mind? That's a Memphis song, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. If you put on a capital punishment song, you're not even gonna know I'm from Nashville. You're just gonna be like that's a dope artist from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. See, we didn't crib. See, we we're the capital of Tennessee and don't even have our own sound. Yeah, you have your own sound, yes, of course. Uh, a, a lot of people would say you sound as Master P, but for me, Nashville has really his own sound. It's, it's a green, uh, like the green wet sound. Uh, it's a mix of Denbo folk, of Texas, and uh, it's, I think it's really melancholic every style so, uh, uh, of Tennessee. And I'm uh, uh, more influenced by 
basket first, get the balls or fewer balls or criminal criminal amounts in the in the sound. And uh, uh, more than 36 Mafia, I was pretty off, tell me right, but you have more of the, the UGK sound, 8-ball, Strava uh, sound, like Chila or UGK, yeah. But you have a Nashville typical sound, so it's like um, some down south blues for me, you know? Right. More than Memphis, more than Memphis was in, into Get Buck sound, but it was more the side of Memphis as Jula or 8-ball or Chila, you know? Okay. Call me, call right, me. right. Mm. Yeah, we're fortunate enough, man, to be able to get to do some stuff on that first T album, on that slice yeah. T thing. We slice T, we sent some tracks down there to them boys, and they took some drum tracks, not played keys, but the drum tracks. We did some stuff down that way. You, you did stuff with it was uh in Dolce and Blonde, so yeah. yeah. Uh, at what time is what? Uh, it was at what time? You do with Indoji? Yeah, well, when I was at Teddy Jam's record, um, we were still trying to find ways to make money, mm-hmm. and I was still trying to find ways to gain revenue myself as far as as, as far as advancing in the music business. So what I did was I started, um, you know how you get artists to come down when they putting out an album? I knew albums was coming out, and you would get them to come to your store to do an a, a, a autograph signing. Well, I would hook up with Lee. Like I said, Lee Lane, man, down in New Life, that's my man. I was, Lee would say, well, Jumbug, I got such and such. He, he just put an album out. He's going to be coming through the store. I said, well, when he does, I'll have him come out to Teddy Jam's record. Mm-hmm. So, and vice versa. So, I had Indo G and Lil Blunt, Willie D, Brother Lynch Hall. Yeah, Brother Lynch. Um, mm-hmm. I love Lynch. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had Big Mike come. I had them four. I had them four come different times when their albums came out, and they came down through Teddy Jones record. But it was still can't, can't get it twisted. Now Titus was helping us too. Titus was down there mm-hmm. at Teddy Jones record with Teddy down there helping us too. So Titus was there too. I don't want to leave nobody out because you know what I'm saying. I don't want to take the credit for everything because I didn't do it all, mm-hmm. but I was a driving force all the way behind. That's one hundred one thousand. They can lead that. And they can test it. They tell you that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, we got to work with those cats. I didn't get to do any songs with Indo G and Lil Blunt, but I got to do some stuff when I went down to Memphis with them. I didn't get to do no stuff that got we had we yeah, we got to release at that time. Did you work with Memphis rappers uh, or outside of, of Indo G? Oh yeah. yeah. Like DJ Squeaky, yeah. Criminal Man. My cousin is DJ Zerk down there in Memphis. Oh yeah, what up to DJ Zerk? Yeah, that's my that's my cousin, man. That's, you know, oh, really? my people, man. Yeah, it's my homie too. Yeah, Zerk, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They project got, uh, project uh, players, uh, all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see Tiny Man and all them, the two big yeah. family. I'm part of the two big family. It's just that I got my own. See what I'm saying? I came up with that. That's mm. what I. You know what I'm saying? I was the writer behind that. I was writing all the stuff up, KT. I was writing tracks for music. I was writing his raps for him. You know what I'm saying? I was living out of town. I was sending him raps. I'd be living here. I'd write him raps and I'd go take him to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For KT with two big raps. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I remember a an obscure group from Brazil who's called Souls of Sin. I don't know if you know them or, they, or if they they still around now. You know about this album, Souls of Sin, Ghetto Revelations? It's first one that. Souls of Sin. It was a. Uh, uh, yeah, there, there was from Nashville before. But it's an underground group. <laughs> no problem. And they were 
No, no, so, Souls of Sin, which was a group. No, nah. no, were they rappers? <laughs> Yeah, 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 there was rappers. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah. Was, they were more conscious rappers then. I know what you're talking about. They had a blue seat. Was it a conscious, like conscious group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More conscious. They were no gamp. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I know what you're talking about. I remember everything, pretty much everything that came through here, man. <coughs> and like I said, it all had to come down through New Life Records. Mm. I would talk about um, the Ghetto Stories album. Uh, the content was on the same level uh, like the, like the first. And uh, 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 I think it was Dick Wilrick, so your production, Flown Tide, and uh, I remember about Swisher Time, it was real laid back song, yeah, like, it's kind of some, like some first stuff, like some uh, first stuff song, it's about, about wit song, and uh, can you tell us about the, uh, the female singer was on it, who, who is was on the Swisher Time? Oh. Once the time, that was Tracy Humphrey. Okay. Tracy Humphrey, man, she sung on all my stuff. On Reflections, <coughs> Reflections, yeah, Reflections. Stories, that was my uncle. That okay. was my uncle, Dow John. He the one that sang on that. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you notice, Swissy Time is on every album. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be. You know, it, you, it, you it, got also in the album smoking you a nice ass blunt. <laughs> you got also day by day. It was it's uh, leg back song. My uncle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, See, that was when we were growing into um, adulthood right there. Mm -hmm. and, and that's when I seen Capital Punishment could have had a little light. But then we started feeling ourselves and smelling ourselves coming in the, in the shadow of death. That's when we started getting a little older and, and things started to look a little different for us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And when I listened to your, to your music, uh, at the time you, it was named by DJ Tricks, For me, you are on the, on the level of, of Mac Jean or John Biddle or Ano Joe. And, uh, on what um, on what equipment you was working before, or sampler, or what, what did you use uh, as as a, as a music production for? The first thing I started out making tracks on was in the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I was in middle school. It was a Dr. Rhythm okay. drum machine. A Dr. Rhythm. It was that big. It was a little bit old, square, little rectangular drum machine. You know, looked about like that. I went from that. Then I went to a 909. Mm -hmm. Everybody had the 808. I went and got a 909. Then I jumped from a 909. I went to this pawn shop. And I bought me an Insonic EPS. Okay. Keyboard. Mm -hmm. Synthesizer. Mm -hmm. And then graduated from that, went to an ASR-10, then I started getting rolling rack mounts, D880s and rolling 80, you know what I'm saying, XP80s. I started getting rack mounts and just adding them to it, and then we just started going from there. Mm. And, and uh, whose producer inspired you for, for producing so? Dr. Dre, mm -hmm. DJ Quick, Mike Dean, yeah. uh, John Vito. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. um, uh, Who else? Uh, I love Quick them though, man, and, and John Beto and Mike Dean, QD3. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, who else? I was thinking about Edo Joe, so Edo <laughs> Joe, I have a song. Edo Joe from Rapper Yeah.
I was thinking about just a real track. <laughs> so just a real yeah. track, yeah, it was it was this, this song. Yeah. Yeah, it was just all this synthesizer mm. because see, that's when we started using our um um using our rack mounts. You know, start we was graduating to using the rack mounts in the ASR tens and you know what I'm saying, out of the ASR ten synthesizer and stuff like that, using the rack and using Sequences and, and stuff like that You know Kanye West said He still use the ASR team mm-hmm. I mean I love them You know what I'm saying I, I like the archives in them Better than the way That they do everything Now it's harder to Truncate and, Well a lot of people Don't know what I'm talking about But it's harder to do A lot of stuff In, in this new stuff It's easier But it makes it sound Too digital I like the analog sound The more The more The more rough feel Sound Yeah 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 hip hop mm-hmm. The way that it sounds Everything now Sounds like a robot yeah, for me it's it's a deep down south, deep down south. Yeah, it's a real, real sound. Yeah, and and the 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 south even the the touch of the south track was more dark, dark hardcore stuff. But man, national the map, you got also south squad on it, and uh, and uh, also you got motor call or. That man walking and uh, and for me one of the songs I love it it, it was Days of Darkness, <laughs> it was crazy song, or <laughs> hood crook. Uh, and niggas don't get sprayed if you step up in my way. Yeah, my it's crazy shit. Down, <laughs> my niggas just going down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was it, my song. That was my song right there. That was my solo yeah. song. It was called Days of Darkness. Yeah. And what inspired me to do that song? One day I was uh uh. I was, uh, I was I was playing, I was an athlete coming up in school. I didn't smoke weed, drink, and do all that. I do all that till I got real grown. But uh, I was uh, I was in a, uh, I was in a football game. I mean, football practice one day, and um, it was I was the quarterback, and everything was just real hard. So I was sitting in the locker room, and I was just turned all the lights off, and I just got the shower, just sitting there, and it was just dark as hell in there. It was just dark, and that year we lost every damn game. And I called, I said, man, these are all my days of darkness right here, this whole football season, because every time I come up out here in the daytime, it's always dark because we done lost. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of that came from, it's cry from, especially because and, and if you listen to the song, a lot of the stuff, I was mad when I was rapping. You know, so yeah. and, and that's where a lot of that stuff came from. Man. Like, like I said, a lot of it came from imagination, the expectations mm. of, uh, of 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 things that we dreamed and, and and wanted to do, but we knew we weren't gonna do. Mm. It, it was kind of a of a mid mid horror song, but not not really horror as Memphis. I think more of a, of of group at a, like the cellmates of communal area of underground sound. You know, uh-huh. yeah. You got song also like surviving the game or pressure or running game. Who exposed our reality? Tell us about these songs. It's just like reality rap or exposes the Nashville reality, like like her soul and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm. You yeah, see, like I said, that's, see the songs you name it now. A lot of them songs are all the songs off the ghetto stores album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, these 
those are the songs that we was making. You gotta listen. Okay, if you look at songs like Running Game, listen to those songs. Those songs are talking about females. Yeah. You know, and I'm talking about, you know, that, that's what that is. And that's when we would start, that's when I had my first son. That's when we was having, you know, we was messing with females more. We was spending more time with ladies and we was starting to feel ourselves as grown-ups. That's why you have songs like that. That had the love PKO sign with Teddy Pendergrass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got just the songs that we were starting to make made us, is, is how we were growing up into the game. It's how we were growing. When you listen to songs like Running Game and, like you said, Day by Day, you yeah. listen to Reflections, mm-hmm. those songs are totally different from when you hear Shout Out With Them. Yeah, 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 exactly. We got, you got also Denmark working. <laughs> it's it's remembering me, Brother Lynch. It's remembering me. It's remembering me, Brother Lynch, she's on that sickness. <laughs> right, right. See, you gotta understand, see, Dead Man Walking, that's my solo song. Yeah. See, those was my songs, and I looked at it like this. The way that we formed the group, Capital Punishment, you have to be talking about those type of situations. Mm-hmm. And you have to be adhered to what it is that you're standing behind. So if you pick a topic, you pick something that you want to imaginify or you want to have an image of, that's what you have to portray it as. Mm-hmm. You have to portray it as that. And so if that's what you portray it as, you got to stay on that stay on that wavelength somewhere, you know what I'm saying, with your songs, so you can't be taken out the realm. People like, man, these dudes ain't real about what they talking about. They talking about, they got a book called Capital Punishment, but they over here talking about juices and berries. Mm. Yeah, but, it, but you, you, you got to keep it in that lane somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Mm. After the, the Shadow of Death album, uh, was more darker album, even the cover was more, more hardcore, some real metal music. Now the, We got, we got, we got pain songs or I for killer, if I die after wh- I wake, that stalker or Kenny. It reminds me, uh, your first album, so a little, uh, Richard of the Dead, in the tracks. <coughs> can, can you tell us about, about this album? You got also that tracks on, uh, top notch delivery songs. It's a very, very atmosphere special. Unique feel on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, what it was, uh, you talking about Shadow of Death? Mm-hmm. We talking about Shadow of Death now? Yeah. We're, well, talk, we're talking about Shadow of Death Yeah, yeah, we're we talking about the album Shadow of Death, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What it was, was that Shadow of Death, we, we were grown up then. Mm-hmm. The Shadow of Death, like I said, That's when I was out here tough and, you know, doing my thing in the neighborhoods, in the streets. And, you know, Brian was working a job and he was doing his thing, what he could do on the side. And that's when we was out here kind of tough, man. And we was going through different things and we was seeing different things coming up, growing up in the, in the, in the world. Not just in the music industry, just seeing different things in the world. So we put ourselves in a shadow of death because of the things that we were doing could bring us there. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's where it all came from. That's why you see us, if you look at those pictures, mm-hmm. if you look at it, you see me in the back, you really can't see it. But I got a Tech 9 holding mm-hmm. it like this. Mm-hmm. Y'all really can't see it because I got my glasses on. <laughs> But if you look at the front of it, Supreme, do you see what he's doing? Uh... He has in his, in his hand. Yeah, yeah. That's a big ass. That's a big ass dagger. Yeah. Big ass dagger knife. And yeah, he's yeah, looking yeah. at it. And he's looking at it. And but what it is, the whole thing. When I'm doing that, there's a mirror in front of us. Mm. And 
and that's how we were able to get the image effect that we were looking for so we knew how we wanted it to look to say that we was in our own shadow of death mm. and that's where that album came from a lot of the cuts on there a lot of the stuff that we was doing we was it could bring us death so we knew that we were living in the shadows of death of mm. this whole album and we were growing up because it was thing that we was doing man that i can't talk about yeah. you know what i'm saying it ain't nothing i did that there was no, it was bad towards people, but it was just things that I just can't talk about, man. And 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 it could have killed us. There's a lot of things that could have had us dead, man. Mm -hmm. Who designed the cover of the Shadow of Death? The cover? Lance, Lance Graphics. Okay. I wish I could find him today. His name was Lance Graphics with LSW Graphics here in Nashville. That's okay. who did that cover. Okay. Yeah, I remember it was all about Night Stalker. This was crazy title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Night Stalker. I was one thing. You naming all my songs. All my songs are those are my songs. Yeah. Them are like pretty much my solo songs. Yeah, Night Stalker. <laughs> Maybe. Was, yeah. I was on, Supreme was on that song too, though. Night Stalker was a badass song. I used to like that. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, man. One of my, I'm gonna tell you two favorite. I'm gonna tell you two favorite songs I got. Capital Punishment. Man, I'm gonna always love the hustle, man. I yeah. love the hustle. The reason why I love the hustle, man, because that song, I had a, I had a lot of money in my pocket mm -hmm. when I wrote that song. Mm -hmm. And I just felt comfortable. Even when we did the beat, I'm talking about there was a beat that I knew that, that nobody has been doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew it at that time. I said, man, this is going to be a perfect song. And I, I love the hustle. It's Wish Time. Mm -hmm. okay. I love the hustle. It's Wish Time and How I Ride. See, I wrote How I Ride, too. On the different levels of the game now, but yeah, off the shadow of death, man, man, guys, there was so many, man, just like the hustle, man, the South, see, the South, it got on different levels of the game, too, because see, we had nutcase number one, mm -hmm. Tom Tom, he was in the Capital Punishment clique, see, he was our rapper, mm. it was two producers, and we were, he was going to be the rapper, yeah. but he could never stay out of jail. Every time we put out a damn Capital Punishment album, he get locked up. That's why we couldn't ever do shows and shit. I mean, yeah. we could do, we were doing shows, but we couldn't do them the way we needed to. Because every time we put out an album, he was in jail. That's oh, why yeah. he was never on the front of the cover. Yeah, I understand. Because was locked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like and a. He was uh, being locked up for thirty days and shit. He mm. was locked up for eleven, twenty-nine. That's a year. Yeah, or one crazy. whole year or eight, nine months. I can't wait that long to take no picture of a nigga that I recorded all this shit and spent all this money. He, he was life as Fable. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, all of the right. famous. <laughs> right, yeah. right, exactly. Mm. Did, did Love the Famous has an influence on your, on your flow or your Tungsti style or, or something? Or, or it was more Brother Lynch or, or in your flow? Well, I'll mm -hmm. tell you, man, that my flow, mm -hmm. my flow pretty much more or less came from a lot from Scarface. Okay. Um, then I mixed it with a little bit of uh, Lynch. You know, I, we all, man, whatever rappers that I enjoyed listening to was an influence on me. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't pretty much say per se that I'm this, I'm that. A lot of cats, that when they hear me, they say, man, you sound like Scarface. Man, you sound like Tupac. Man, sound like this. I appreciate them people when they tell me that. Mm -hmm. Man, stop sounding like such and such. Man, stop sounding. I appreciate it because that lets me know shit. If I sound that damn good, I need to keep doing it. Yeah. I ain't trying to sound just like him, but if I sound that good, I need to keep doing it. 
doing so I'm doing something right. So I had a lot of influences, man. I'm gonna tell you, man, one of my favorite rappers, a lot of people don't know, man, one of my favorite rappers was Def Jeff. Mm-hmm. I love Def Jeff and Chubb Rock, man. I used to love them cats and Rock Him. Mm-hmm. Man, ain't nobody greater than the God and him him, Rock Him and Big Daddy Kane, mm-hmm. man those are real rappers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about real rappers. But ain't no ain't no freestyling better than MJG. He know I'ma tell it. was an influence for you and uh, his influence my influence was Big Daddy Kane <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was a lot of he, he listened a lot of East Coast cats like Big Daddy Kane so <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah I'm gonna tell you right now I listen I listen to one I listen to uh, one more pound every day mm-hmm. yeah one more pound smoke And I guarantee to make a motherfucker talk. <laughs> We got one bad nigga on my side. That's yeah, my phone. It was with D-Dub. D-Dub. It was with D-Dub, D-Dub, and Funk Bella. Yeah, it's crazy. Was another, he was another big influence on production. See, Brother Lynch all made his beat. Yeah. And Funk Bella. It was Funk Bella too on Loaded and all that. Yeah. Funk Beta. This track, this track, Do You Wanna Be Down? It was uh, so deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, those are the songs on Shadow of Death. See, that's Shadow of Death. Yeah. See, them songs right there, man, Do You Wanna Be Down? Yeah. Songs like them, man, them, them come from songs from where, you gotta understand, man, mm-hmm. if you listen to all the Capital Punishment records, mm-hmm. you don't hear none of the other Nashville artists on them, do you? Mm-hmm. You never do. You don't hear no Greenway. No cool daddy friends, no pills. You don't hear none of them on none of our albums. Mm-hmm. They wasn't fooling with us back then. Mm-hmm. They wasn't dealing with us. You know what I'm saying? We was out here in Antioch. They knew we was around, though. But they wasn't calling us to come do shows. Mm-hmm. They wasn't calling us to come to the studio to get on songs. They wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. 
And see, those were songs, like I said, we was grown up. And they were songs like now they see us getting a little money and certain cash and Brian was feeling a certain way. Like, damn, fuck it. What, do y'all want to be down now? Mm-hmm. See, and, that, and, and that's what songs like that come down. Like I said, I'm riding down the boulevard trying to break my speakers apart. And it was my car. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these cats, they got executive producers. Now, we were the executive producers of our own project. Mm-hmm. Except for two. Except mm-hmm. for two. Mm-hmm. And they said, ain't no mystery in ghetto stories. We were not the full, complete executive producers. We were half executive producers. Mm-hmm. We were. And all of it was published under Carlson mm-hmm. Cakes Music, which is my publishing company. So, I don't want to hear none of that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and in uh, in '98, you was on the the dope compilation Southern Gangsters, and you have two songs, uh, The Hustle and uh, Special Time. Uh, at this time, so Colette Fresh was also on the compilation. Uh, tell us about the how you met M or, or uh, for Southern Gangsters compilation. How <coughs> we ended up on that man? We were doing shows. I had gotten a book of doing a lot of shows and I was doing a lot of stuff down there through Lee and New Life. And uh it was a cat down in Memphis mm-hmm. that uh he said that uh he really liked our cuts, man. He you know, and, 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 and he said, Man, I want y'all to put two songs on this mixtape, man, because I see y'all don't get the type of recognition that y'all deserve. So dude uh he gave he, he gave us two cuts. Mm-hmm. Man, he sent me a check for four hundred dollars, man. That's the first time, you know, we had really gotten paid for something and, you know what I'm saying, for our craft, the way that we, you know, because people had always kind of shunned us off, man, because we wasn't, we wasn't the big dope boy, we wasn't shining, we wasn't doing all that, you know, so people really, they kind of like look down on us, you know, like now, so I go to certain things, they don't consider capital punishment as legends from Cashville, but still, we were the first. Yeah. Sorry, we still the first. We we got that first album, our first tape, cassette tape on 1993. Mm-hmm. 1993. Mm-hmm. Go do your research, man, and see who came out before that. That was the older cats that came out before us. Cats like New Style, Posse, MC Desire, Walter D, and the Bro Pop crew. Other than that, well, you had LS, uh, LSW. My bad. It was a group. We recorded over there with Michael Otis. It was a group called LSW. They would come, they, it was a, uh, two black cats and like a, uh, a mixed white cat. But they was coming out too right before that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, uh, <coughs> uh talking about the Southern Gangsters, you was the only group who have two songs on it, so. Yeah, yeah, we were the only ones that have two songs on it yeah. because the dude, yeah, yeah, it's, cool. it's a shame how mm-hmm. the cats around do y'all. Y'all should get more recognition about doing that. Because I told them, I said, man, I buy all your mixtapes, man. A lot of, of Tennessee acts or down south music, and I say a lot of population at this time was not on this on this age. I, I remember also the group Constitution Camp was on it uh, with a life quitting situation. So it's crazy song, crazy song. Yeah. Oh, Cash Money Two, Cash Money Two. Uh-huh. So. I remember all the same ones too, man. And them the same cats. It was all going through those same uh, mixtape distributors. Mm-hmm. Okay. After uh, 2001, you dropped the different levels of the game with uh, the album cover. Your 
you are you are in the world uh, the cover reflects reality beyond bars so it it was more into supreme situation so this cover Reflection to yeah, and this album was, was, was more laid back than Shadow of Death. Slow it down, and, and uh, I think about the uh, more more deep concepts like like the world revolve or conceptions. Uh, it was more deep in the thinking, different from 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 what you're doing before in a, in a certain way. Look at the pattern that we pictured. Look, mm-hmm. look at my man. Look at the picture that we painted up from the pattern that we mm-hmm. gave you from Capital Punishment. Mm-hmm. Return from the Dead, Melodic, Demonotic, Demonotic. Came with It Ain't No Mystery. That's when we introduced the South Squad. We started getting a little bit different with our sound. It started feeling more laid back, a, a more revolving around the world feel. Come with ghetto stories. Going right back down to Dead Man Walk. Mm. Just stay real, stuff like that. <coughs> it yeah. brings you back to more reality stuff. Yeah. Then we take it back to Shadow with Death, back to Demonology, back to Death, and more hurt, more more pain, more sorrow. Then we bring you back to different levels of the game when we bring you back to life again. Like I said, that's why the group was called Capital Punishment Click, because you can die at any time. And you, I'm talking about Capital Punishment is the highest part of death that you can have. That's mm-hmm. the highest part that you can get in the devil's capital fun. After that, they're going to kill you. So that's what you got. Each time you were dealing with each one of our albums, we gave you different levels of the game, and we made sure that there was capital punishment each time that you felt this. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it was your last album, in, in fact. Yes. Yeah. And uh, after you... Different you, levels of the game. It was the last yeah, album that yeah. Supreme and I had together, yeah. Yeah, and um, you go solo with uh, with uh, with tapes like Pearl from the Ouch, 
uh, Okama. Tales from the Ark. Can you tell us about, the, about his tape and, and, and Kama? Tales from the Ark is, uh, is a movie. Mm -hmm. It's a short movie that I'm doing uh, out here in the neighborhood that I'm at. And Karma Volume 1, that was the first solo project that I had. I moved from Nashville, Tennessee and moved to Miami, Florida. And then moved up from Miami, Florida and moved to Albany, Georgia and was dealing with a cat. I was dealing with smoke from Field Mob up that way too. And um, uh, started dealing with some cats. I started a label with some guys down there called Spotless Sound. Which mm -hmm. is still in existence. I got a lot of the cats that was on the label with us. You know, Thug Mob. They on that cut that I sent you. It's called Thug Mob. Yeah. It's Cautious and uh, and Mill Boy. Them cats, they part of Bug House. But they in the Albany, Georgia sector. You know what I'm saying? And um, Karma Volume 1 was just a lot of things depicted. The first single that was on Karma Volume 1 was What You Working With. You know what I'm saying? I still got the albums downstairs, man. Uh, that was the first single. It was called What You Working With. And it did good down that way. So... Then we built the studio, and then I had songs like, um, uh, um, um, what is Karma Volume 1. I had that one. I had Days of Dark, Day, uh, Days in the Dark. I had, um, uh, uh, Like I Owe Him Something. I had a lot of different good, I had some good songs on that album that just never got to get pushed out there because my man, he, he's doing 20 years fair time in the federal penitentiary, but he, he, he's about to get out now. So that's what made the change for me to have to come back from my transition from Nashville, from Albany, Georgia, down that way in Florida area, back to up here. We just grew up, man. We grew up with the uh, different types of um, different music titles. Okay. Certain music titles I just wasn't with doing. I mean, we just, you know, it was. It's time to grow up, and you know, we just felt that, you know, like this is go our separate ways, man. We did some good, dope stuff. Let's, Let's go out, you know what I'm saying, being happy with what we got instead of us putting out an album and not being happy with what we did, you know. Mm -hmm. So, it wasn't nothing that was major. Nothing, it wasn't no, I see, I was looking at comments and I see people say that, uh, oh uh, yeah, uh, 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 I think it was label disputions and this, that. Man, people, please realize and understand, man, we ain't never signed no contract with nobody. I ain't never had no label disputes. It ain't never been no label infringement with nothing because I've always owned it. I did it all right here. Right here in this room. And I'm doing this interview right here. Everything. It was done right here. And no, I didn't have no no help doing all that stuff. So nah, man. It, 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 then the, we ain't never signed to no label. We didn't never have no cash time or popping bottles. We didn't have all that. We mm -hmm. did all our stuff ourselves, man, and enjoyed doing it. And now that's why I can still be able to talk to you today and tell you that it's mine. Mm -hmm. but, and do you think one day you, you can take together uh, for an album or for something one day? Nah. No? Nah, it won't happen. No? Nah, it won't happen. Okay. It, it, it's something in the near future. I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it. But I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening in the time soon. Brian's in a group. He has a group that he's doing. It's called Shub. He's doing rock and roll. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he's called, he's Daddy Bones. I mean, he's on here. He's, he was on the, um, on the Nerd soundtrack. He had a song that he got on the Nerd soundtrack. I'm glad for him, man. I'm glad he's doing something with his music, man. I love, I'm gonna always love him as my rhyme, as my rhyme brother, man. And as my, as my blood brother is in the, on that field. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think it's gonna be a do that no more. I just don't see it happening. You okay. know what I'm saying? They don't see 
it ain't something that I just see us being able to sit down and go to the studio to enjoy ourselves doing no more because we ain't kids no more. You know what I'm saying? And my level of thinking is probably on something totally different. And I don't want to discredit what, you know what I'm saying? I know how he is, man. And, and I just don't. Nah. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's what I'm saying, though. That's, but, but see, I'm still, I'm going to start still dropping stuff through the Capital Punishment click. Mm-hmm. For that, though. See, Capital Punishment click is going to come out next year. See, a lot of people, they don't know that. But it will. I just got to find that he can ground root my bug house entertainment, which is dead. My yeah. Book, you know what I'm saying? I got to ground root that. And once I ground root that, then I can start dropping the capital punishments up so there won't nobody have no no disrespect. Well, what, where can we find this and where can we find that? You know what's going to be the big payday, though? <laughs> the big payday, I don't even know. The big payday is when I pop out this It Ain't No Mystery CD. <laughs> That's going to be the big payday because don't nobody have it. And can't nobody tell me. I think one guy has it. I think somebody has it. But until then... That's the CD that nobody has from the Capital Punishment Collection. <laughs> and I know that. I, the, the Capital Punishment tape, I just sent it off last year. <laughs> so I know, and that was the only one that was around. Maybe in, in 20 years, where, when you grew up more, maybe you would do uh, an album with him. <laughs> uh, Who knows? You focus on your on your new album. Also, you have a featuring with uh, my homie Late from Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton Records in the in UK, who is a SPC yeah. member. T- tell us about the yeah. tracks, the track you made with him, Ben Hustling with the Late. Late the yeah, song that I did was Late. The song I didn't produce that track. I produced that track. I didn't beat program that track. Mm-hmm. Let me put it that way. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want the cat to get upset about me not mentioning. My, it was my cousin, Sean Legend. He the one who, who who made who programmed the track, who made the who made the beat to it. I produced it. Mm-hmm. I didn't make the beat. He made the beat. But, okay. Um, it was with Late. And I had a lady that I had been dealing with up in Kentucky. Her name's Debbie Boo. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's cool shit. I had made her the vice president of Bug House Entertainment. And she had been with me. That was in 2000 and... 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I, and it ain't going down like that. That's why I'm doing all my interviews first before anybody can try to put an interview out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, see, it, was, it wasn't even like that, man. You know, I had her around, and then uh, once, once that transpired, I cut off. Now I'm doing me, and everything's been fine ever since, and I ain't dropped a beat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I ain't missed a beat. It's, it's like I don't even remember dealing with the person. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now you you focus on your new album, Bugs Life. Um, tell us about this album and uh, who you got on featuring. You got you got you got a production, the creators, Big Boy and yourself as producer. And tell us about the, um, the first single, where is a uh, apology. You got getting paper on it. So, so tell us about this this new album, Bugs Life, who, who just released. Bugs Life, that's my EP that I just released uh, on the 29th. Yes, sir. It's got seven hot, it's got seven nice little tracks on it, man. I like them. I like all seven of them. I think it'll be pretty good, you know what I'm saying, with, with, with where it is I'm trying to go with it. Just to, you know, introduce and keep myself and just notoriety, notoriety in the game. With, um, it's called Bugs Life, My Days on Earth. Um... Yeah. Everything that I do is, has a meaning behind it. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, it's, I'm Mr. Junebug, so Bugs like my days on earth. And these are the things that I've seen in my first depiction of what I'm doing with my music on earth, starting out as a solo artist. I didn't want people to think it was my days on earth as I was born, but as a solo artist, and a lot of stuff that I've seen. And that's what this EP is about. That's why it's only seven songs. That's why it's only an EP. Because it's so much little bull crap that I done, it's so much I done seen. Because I'm dropping the album. The album is coming soon, man. I mean, I just don't even want to put a date on it just dealing with certain cats. I just hadn't put a date on it. But the album is coming soon. But the first single coming off of that uh, is Apology. Mm-hmm. And what it is, uh, I got the idea. I got the idea from a uh, from a local rap artist, from a cat named Pistol. He was talking about, man, what about if somebody wrote a song apologizing to the dead? Mm-hmm. And that's what that song was about. That song was about the guy that did the wrong thing apologizing to the person that he killed, but he can't apologize because he's in prison. He's in he's in jail. <coughs> So that's what that song was about. He's apologizing to the dead. Mm-hmm. You got also. You, to his, he, you killed him. You shot him, and then he turned around and had to shoot his brother. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's a guy that's apologizing to the dead. He shot some cat. He shot a cat that he grew up with. His, he shot his best friend and his brother, and they grew up together. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for him to stomach it, and so he's trying to find a way to apologize. And that's the best way that he can apologize is to tell the story, and uh, and get it out that way. And then I got my next cut that I'm gonna be dropping the single on. Uh, it's hunger and uh, getting paper, but getting paper might be the next one because I got Pop Weezy. That's my new hot little artist that I got uh, coming from the from the Edge Hill side of South Nashville, the projects where we used to hang at and be at. He's uh he's gonna be my next artist coming out. Pop Weezy got little Rosses. Like I said, you know I got Mill Boy, I got Cautious, I got African Lion Hound down there in Miami. You know, we got some stuff, man. We just got to get the right proper funding and the right proper direction to start going with the label and start for us to start making some noise in the industry. Mm-hmm. You got also Tug Mob with Scout with Shoes? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, with Cautious. Um, <sighs> you 
Station Bob. Apology. La jubilation de six, c'est le temps. But now I remember he owed me bread On the phone talking slick So now I'm about to go cut his head Even though I'm dead wrong But my pride won't let it die He in a room full of niggas showing out And that's the reason why I swear to God I'm gonna get him This nigga gonna have to feel some pain And used to fucking with a real G I always been fucking with them lanes Went to the spot I posted up I'm doing surveillance on my own Don't need no help, I can take care of this nigga I'm in my own zone I seen him walking to his car I did a bump and I got out Looked him dead in his face And I said, this for running your mouth Pulled off in my car As I cruise to the intersection I'm hearing police and sirens And get distressed Just did one of my best friends All because he owed me bread I gotta apologize to his family Cause it's messing with my head I still can't believe it 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 I'm waking up with cold sweats I still can't believe it 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 I'm waking up with cold sweats I still can't believe it I still can't believe it I still can't believe it Now I'm back and I'm recovering From my first kill My conscience won't allow me to sleep in it Just is what it is I'm rolling up on the regular And I'm slumping day and night Just so my mind can be at ease While I take off on my flight I still can't believe it I just did my homeboy in They say his brother looking for me And got a few questions he wanna spend Tell him hit me on the phone When they ready we'll connect They said he hanging out over at the studio And I said that's a bet Pulled up to the spot Took a bump, then I went in. I see my home for a sly face, and he gave me this little grin. My nigga brother was in the booth, and he was doing his thing. All of a sudden, 30 seconds, and bullets start to rain. He started chasing me through the parking lot, and letting them things go. Don't know that I'm really scared as hell, but uh, here it go. I'm taking shot up the shot, and then I caught him in the neck. Walked up to him, looked him in his eyes, and said, This for disrespect. I still can't believe it. 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 And I'm waking up with cold sweats. I still can't believe it. 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 I'm waking up with cold sweats. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it.
Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the cover was was really good. Who, who made the cover for Bugs Life? That cover was made by Z Mars. Okay. Z Mars um <clears throat> Z Mars graphics. He's a cat. Um, he's a he's a real good cat too, man. He he he's dope with graphics, man. I yeah. like that guy. Mm-hmm. He's um he's um matter of fact, he gonna, he gonna be doing the next couple of covers for me, man. I mean. You know, I, I really don't even. Once I get a cat, they, they can do covers. You, you know, you, if you could tell that by how my, my my cover level changed. See, I was one of the only ones who didn't want to, who didn't really want to do the pen and pixel back in the day, because everybody yeah. was doing it. <laughs> as soon as, as soon as I was ready to do it, man, everybody just started doing it. Master P wore them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, I mean those covers look good, man. One of my favorite pen and pencil album covers, man, you know what it was? Was Eight Balls. Yeah. I love Eight Balls. I love Tila's pen uh, album cover too, man. Mm-hmm. Tila had one of the coolest Peace of Mind? You, you sing of Peace of Mind, Tila? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about, the Peace of Mind. Yeah, it's crazy. Cra- crazy, co- crazy cover, yeah. Mm-hmm, with him in the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With him in the eye. Oh, in, the, in the Illuminati eye. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what he was in. Yeah. That's why it was called Peace of Mind. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, you know. On the back cover. Yes, sir. On the back cover. Yeah, with the eye. With the eye. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got also, also a rapper of Texas who got, who got uh, of, of cover by Pen Pixel where it was Bugaloo. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, On Nashville, so we hate we hate old Nashville rappers like Piano C, like our Greenway or Clay Fresh or, or, or all them. Do, do you think you would go make featuring with with M now or uh, with Greenway or now he's yeah. he he's yeah. out he's out of lockdown or so so he's free. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. good for him. I started good way. I said with him. I want to see that cat do good, man. You know, we're from the same side of town. Mm. From, from, little, from little guys. You know, I like to see that cat do good, man. And, you know what I'm saying? Anything that I can do to help him, you know what I'm saying? Because he was always a thorough cat. He was always solid. A lot of the cats from the side of town where I'm from was always solid anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. he was always a solid dude. So, I don't mind helping him out, man. And, and mm-hmm. trying to help him get on the right track. Feel me? Mm-hmm. Okay. On a, with this music. <coughs> on Bugs Life, you got also single mother. It was in memory of for for your mother. Also, can you tell us about, about this this track? Mm-hmm. Well, single mother is mm-hmm. not on Bugs Life. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. it's before. I'm pushing right now through Mother's Day. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It was a special track, so okay. Right, that song was um mm-hmm. that song was released a, a while ago, man, and I released that song. For my mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, she was she was fortunate enough to be able to hear it, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna release it every Mother's Day anyway. Mm-hmm. So, 
You know what I'm saying? I, I just appreciate the people that's going and listening to it and, you know, sharing it and, and doing stuff like that. And I had to learn a lot of ropes in the game to, yeah. to, uh, to uh, try to, to uh, gain and attract more followers and, and gain more listeners and get more leeches away from you, you know, and people that vultures, just blood suckers. Yeah, yeah. What I, what I like about your your new stuff of your your last recent stuff it's it's you keep the the old school dancer stuff you know of your era a, a lot of young people don't know about who paved the way for him the dancers you, you paved the way for him in 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 a, in sense I, I think about living the life between jigs you, you got a a type of sound. Uh, a special of uh, old school dancers. Can you tell us about about that? <coughs> you know, yeah. Well, like it, like how it goes. I'm deeply rooted in the streets in the game now. Mm -hmm. When it comes down to the music, and um, it's hard for me to try to be something that I'm not. So that's why I don't indulge in a lot of the stuff that that, that people are doing. Mm -hmm. I try to be genuine and uh, stay true to my craft and not fall victim to to uh, to the music industry. Mm -hmm. I'm not a slave for the music industry, and I won't never be. I love what I'm doing, not what the music industry wants me to do, and what my consumers and what my fans like. And that's gonna always keep me genuine and keep me ground rooted. And that's why I am the way I am with my music. <laughs> and uh, what do you think so about your view of hip hop industry actually I, I mean I mean for years dancehall music was was underrated for only Mudula magazine put it on the map and now with with other saturated it's my opinion we other saturated with a, a lot of of mainstream or, or, or weak um <laughs> Uh, some weak dancers, rappers, rookie, but, but they totally forget uh, those who paved the way for them. Or, or they totally forget about you, of Eyewall of Black Monks, or Trinity Gatter Cartel, or, or Gangster Nip, or the, the old timers who, who paved the way for, for you. I, I think about, uh, like, um, I, I wouldn't say no name, but I, I, I think about Migos who, who, who stole the floor of Blood and Famous, uh, or, you know. What do you think about that? What do you think about about about, about that? About about the industry now? It's like this, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Let me put it like this. I'm gonna put it to you like this. Mm -hmm. If right now the industry is the best thing to be in, mm -hmm. the reason me saying that is. You have the option to control and own all of your own material. Mm. It just depends on how you want to push, market, and get your brand heard. Mm. I can't fault nobody for what's being done and what's being said, but I'm going to put it to you like this, what I was about to say. You got a kid, a little bit of kid, who was never who was raised to never be able to eat candy in his life. Mm -hmm. He can't eat candy. He can't touch candy. No, he can't have no juju beads. No, he can't have knowledge. Then, all of a sudden, he 
gets to a certain point, certain level in his li- life, to where that candy is at his reach and grab. He can grasp and go get it now. He can put his hands on that candy. Mm-hmm. And once he gets a hold to that candy, he's going to covet it. He's going to hold on to it. Not, he's going to try to find ways to be vindictive and manipulative to keep it and, and not look, let nobody take it from him. And that's all the industry is right now. You got a lot of guys that's in the industry that ain't never had shit. But when they done got them something, and now they want to try to keep it to themselves, try to get some boys around them, and just try to give them, try to bird feed them. That's all you got. And you know what I'm saying? You got cats like me that's still in the game who want to help make artists. That's what I want to do. I'm an artist, and I want to help make artists, too. That's what my goal is, you know, get a Grammy Award, man. If you ain't in this get no Grammy Award, you in it for the wrong reason. Ain't nobody doing this business because they love it. They ain't kiss my ass on that. Yeah, they love it because they love that money. Mm-hmm. If they love it so much, why don't they just quit doing what they're doing, let all their checks go to charity, and they go work at McDonald's? Mm-hmm. So that love, that love shit is out the window. This is about money. Mm-hmm. So ain't no love here. It's about money over here at Bug House. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing nothing for free. Ain't nothing coming for free. You ain't getting nothing for free. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why we don't do the free mixtapes and all that, because that's a waste of money, man. Mm-hmm. I want to give away money. I'm in it to make money. I'm not in it to give away money. You know, you got all these cats. I ain't mad at these cats for selling these beats on the internet for $10. Hell, if I was, hell, if I was young and dumb and didn't know, I'd do it too. Mm-hmm. But see, this is what these cats fail to realize. The ones that's trying to get in this industry now and put them beats on them sites for $10, they no longer own that beat. They can sit up there and say they got the master all they want, but if that beat is channeling through that network for what they are, mm. what they're selling that beat on, those people who are channeling that beat are going to get a portion of that beat. Mm-hmm. You can best believe a market bottom dollar on that. So before you start doing all this stuff and popping stuff on the internet, man, you got to know what you're doing instead of just out here just wilding and just doing shit. And losing all your material. The state of the game right now is just to be a slave for the industry. If you can talk about being a faggot, or you can show that you a faggot, and you can wear girl clothes, or you can go fuck a couple of them punks that's running them radio stations, mm-hmm. you in the game. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you're going to sit around and we're going to keep having these kind of interviews mm-hmm. talking about these punks. Because I sure don't want nothing to do with them. So I'm cool where I'm at. We fine over here. You know what I'm saying? We just we just wanna we just wanna build our brand. And until people realize that this rap game is not about a rapper. It's about a brand, man. You have a brand that you trying to that you trying to build. Yeah. Pepsi wasn't built from no one one can. It was built from a can and a people with a machine behind it. <laughs> What what I would say is you um you have substances your in your music and your lyrics a lot of of, of oh, young people don't have this you know and uh, I think about about Charlie Braxton I don't know if you know him he's a writer and poet from Jackson Mississippi he was from Underdog magazine so he tells about the concepts of of redemption. Is lost now in the south. 
you know the downtown so that you can listen into Scarface, UGK and into into your music. His concept his music now is it's like gone, no? You feel me? You feel about you don't have that now because mm. like I said, mm-hmm. everybody wants to be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to just be it instead of trying to be an Indian. Yeah. Everybody wants to be the chief. Yeah. You know, everybody can't everybody can't be the chief. Mm-hmm. Everybody can't be the chief, man. You gotta have some Indian. Mm-hmm. And with everybody wanting to be the thing chief, it makes it hard for somebody to to climb out of it, man. You know, we, we just need to we need to find ways because all the way down all the way down through Tennessee, all the rappers and anybody, all of them, man, ain't none of them really getting respected. Mm-hmm. So I don't care who they are. Because we all in this state together. They're not getting respected. They think, I mean, they just did a Legends tour and they didn't get really respected on that. Mm-hmm. So it's just all a part about, man, what you... What what you want out of it and what you trying to gain out of it. A lot of people trying to just gain money, man. Trying to gain a... Mm-hmm. And keep fucking each other. Mm-hmm. So so you have uh, your label, uh, Beck's House Entertainment. Who who you got in the, as artist on it? Right now I got Bug House Entertainment. Uh, mm-hmm. I got Mr. Junebug, which is myself. Station, which is Cashville, 
Dash Radio, blogtalk.com, Cashville-Radio. We're about to crank that back up. So we got some things in the works, man. Mm-hmm. We got some things in the works for Bug House and for all the artists that we're going to be dropping. We got some videos, got a movie that, we, that we're working on right now. You know what I'm saying? That's what the Tales from the Ark is. That's, a, that's the movie from the neighborhood I, I hear. We got a few things that we got going. We just got to put them all into place. Hmm. Okay. Right. Uh, last question. If you, um, if you have uh, to name three favorite MCs for you, the best. Mm. <laughs> A lot of people ain't gonna like this. You <laughs> want me to name three? Yeah, three. Well, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> it's difficult to say three. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to say three, but gotta say Starface. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I gotta give you four. I can't just do three. I gotta give you four. Because I gotta be in the goddamn list somewhere. But I'll take myself and give it to somebody else. Scarface, Jay Z, mm-hmm. Rakim, mm-hmm. man, everybody waiting on that last. <laughs> okay. Everybody waiting and, on that last. And if you have. And I got. No, it ain't hard. Mm-hmm. It's Ice Cube, man. Yeah. It's Ice Cube. How are you going to how are you going to take Ice Cube out of these equation? <laughs> Ice Cube is the greatest artist, a greatest writer to ever do this thing, man. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube. Okay. Who's better than Ice Cube? Uh, if you have if you have three favorite albums in rap. Mm. Mm. Three favorite albums. Mm-hmm. Mm. DJ Quick 
I gotta do four, man. Dr. Dre, DJ Quick. Man, and see, like, Brother Lynch, him. Then you got Jazza Faye. Man, that's hard to just say three. <laughs> you can't say four. <laughs> I say, um, see, Mike Dean. See, Mike Dean was just so cold with yeah. the ghetto boys. Man, Mike he Dean. was the one. See, Mike Dean and John Beto gave the ghetto yeah. boys their sound. Mike Dean was crazy as shit. Man, yes, man. It's crazy. I, I, I think about, about as the same kind of process as Steve Pitts from Flint, from Dayton Family, so he's crazy. Yeah. Person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was cold, too. Yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, it'll be them, them four. Okay. Have you a last message to say to, to people or young generation who starting to hip-hop? Man, this is the main thing I want to say, man. The first thing you need to do is understand the business. Don't fall victim to everything that people tell you that sounds good. Stay adherent and cohesive to what it is that you're trying to gain out of this business. If you just want to be a rapper, then be that. You just want to be a producer, then be that. Don't try to do too much because you'll oversaturate yourself. And once you start to oversaturate yourself, then you start to lose focus on what it is that you're trying to gain. Learn the business first. That's the whole thing that I say and that I want to try to teach the people that's around me is to learning the business, man, and learning that this shit don't come overnight. It takes a long, it takes a minute to do this stuff. You know, people want to, you know, I'm the coldest, I'm this, man. Don't, I understand they tell you to have the the cocky attitude, man, but there's a time when you have to humble yourself. And in this business, there, this is it. You cannot go into somebody that has plenty of money and think that they're going to spend that money on you if you ain't spent no money on yourself. You know what I'm saying? They ain't going to do that. It don't work like that. The traditional way that we used to get record deals is over with, man. So now you need to learn. And that's the best thing that I could, that's the best advice I could give, man. Learn the business. I know there's a lot of people out here, it's hard for you to get with the right person or this, that, and the third, but it comes, this business is just like anything, man. Learn and, and, and treat it the way. Like, if you're good at your job, just treat it the way that you would treat your job, man. I mean, you know, it ain't too much that I can really tell to say for you to do because, man, it's, it's, it's hard. It's cutthroat. It's a cutthroat business. I mean, and, and as soon as somebody tell you that they're in this for the greater good for you, man, get away from them because they're not. They're in this shit to get some money. They see that they can get some money out of you. They see that you're the type of person that can't, that can't, uh, they can't fund a fiend for yourself. So what they finna try, they finna be like a vulture, man. They finna try to take everything they can from you until you find out and figure out. Look at all the labels that have, that have had independent artists running the label. Like to Ludacris, Cheesy, all the labels that have had those and when they got on, they had their whole camp with them. 
But by the time they got to the the, the camp and the camp started putting out their first album, they all started the camp started disappearing and depleting because they found out and figured out, well, damn, this motherfucker done got about five million dollars for this for for the whole camp, and he ain't gave me shit. He gave me a chain and a damn and a, and a car and and and, and about a hundred thousand and told me that it is. And me being from the hood, I'm like, man, that's cool. But then when they see Lula and all these characters doing all these movies and they getting millions and they barely getting chunk change, shit, it, it, that's when the game changes, man. And then that's when people start to realize, learn the business first, man. <laughs> you learn the business aspects of it first. Then all that other stuff comes into play. It's all going to all fall into play. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I... I was just fortunate enough when I was young, I was sitting back watching cats make mistakes and I was capitalizing and I was counteracting off the mistakes that they were making. I went and signed up at ASCAP when I was 17 years old mm-hmm. and it was free. <clears throat> and the majority of the cats today don't that was coming out with me back then, they ain't even with them. Oh, they're just now signing up with ASCAP. And BMI because I was dealing with them. They don't even know how to check their own sound scans or nothing. None of these people do. So, you know, I can't really, I can't fault like the new generation coming up from around me. I can't, I can't fault them for their mistakes. I blame us because we weren't good teachers. We wasn't good teachers, man. I mean, we bullshitted around, man, because we was in the game. A lot of it was getting them notoriety. They was in it for the wrong reasons, so it fucked up a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, what I would say to them is to just stay focused. Stay focused on your craft and mm-hmm. what it is that you're doing and what it is you're trying to do and get out of it because ain't nobody going to do it like you. Ain't nobody gonna live your dream like you, like your dream, like you want to live it. Yes, it's because uh, I'll keep it original, so I think so. Keep it uh, on your own, your own way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't, don't, don't try, don't, don't try to copy. <laughs> the more you keep it original, the more you get respected. Yeah. You know, you got here trying to sound like other people and shit like that, man. Nobody gonna listen to that. I mean, they don't want to hear another. They don't want to hear another uh, another cat sound like somebody else out here, man. That ain't what they're about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're about they're about originality. They trying people trying to get some out of this music now, man. They paying for it. They want to get some out of it. Shit, anybody can go to the club and keep shaking their ass every week. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. You know, so that's just my idea. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, yes. So, well, thanks, Mr. Schoenberg of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh my.
fight the feelings of the flesh out, but still it's all good, so don't fuck around and bring your chest in my hood. Yeah, 